You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You do your thing, man. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, here with a special edition of the podcast because uh, we recorded it super early. Uh, and therefore, a lot of the things that we said did not take into account some of the things that happened today. So as always, we are here with our good friend uh, and co-host, Greg Serdarian, The Stump, and some special guests. So um, if you bear with us, there's a, there's a lot of interesting conversation here. Um, I'm uh, recording this intro after the Seattle Sounders broke all of our hearts and lost the uh, League's Cups final to Lyon. Um, and there was some other super interesting stuff today. Matthew Hoppy got an assist. Weston McKinney went a full 90. Um, Spurs won on penalties. Uh, we know all of that happened, uh, but we recorded it early, so we, we, we talked about some other stuff that I think you'll enjoy. So uh, let's get right to it. How's it going, Coach? <clears throat> it's going all right. I, uh, I, say what? I can't, I can't see, I can't see your... Uh, your name. Why have I not been saying? It's supposed to be why have I not been saying funny shit this whole time? Turns out there's a character limit. There is there's a character limit on the internal software. Uh dear listeners, we've we've mentioned this before. You can make your name whatever you want in our in our uh, recording chat. So um Stumpy has decided to exceed the character limit and thus lose his joke. Yep. Taking it to heart. Naming myself whatever I want. It it happens. Um, so on this special early recording edition of the soccer chat, we can't talk about uh, the Champions League this week. Because this is a professional podcast. And we are very, very good at scheduling. scheduling. <laughs> uh, how are we doing, Kevin? Doing. He has a good connection. He does. Um. Is it maybe because he's not using his fancy headphones this time? 
I think it is because he is not using his fancy headphones. Um, also, good news, there is no Champions League this week. Well, that helps. That helps. Uh, what we do get, though, is we do get a, uh, uh, an edition of the Carabao Cup, which is a thing that exists. Wonderful. Um, so you get, uh, like, it's like the FA Cup, but worse. um and then uh we also got i I actually do want to speak briefly because um by the time this drops i think that barcelona will have a new manager (laughs) um so i want to talk about that game a little bit because it's funny as hell and then we can get to the thing that we actually scheduled to talk about um so uh barcelona for those of you listening uh certainly already know that they are in trouble (laughs) Things are going poorly. <laughs> Today, uh, they had Gerard Piquet playing. Come on at uh, at the uh, at the the late 75th, stages. Yeah, seventy fifth minute. Seventy fifth minute to come on and play striker. Now, dear dear co host, does Gerard Piquet play striker? Sure doesn't. Does he famous famously play center back? Sure does. Is this a sign of a? coherent or healthy squad sure isn't uh just just hilarity all around and when you when you draw to granada wait it gets funnier though tell me how yeah because of the draw the goal came from a center back who wasn't even pk <laughs> uh that's true that's true there was a goal by a center back it was not by gerard pk to uh to, to quote the great movie Super Troopers, uh, desperation is a stinky cologne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, but our our dear our our, our lovely uh, not adult son Serginho Dest uh, started played the whole ninety played okay. Like I, I don't think there's like a secondary point there. Like I'm just glad that he's playing well. I mean, that game went 90-plus. There were two goals, and I think they were a full, like, 90, minute apart, 90 minutes apart. Uh, 89 minutes, but yeah. Damn it! Yeah, there was a whole lot of not anything going on. Um, someone pointed out that they had uh, more crosses today. Um, yeah, they had 53 crosses. Yeah, and that's more than they've had in any game in the last, like, seven years. And well, when... yeah, Think about how many crosses that is. <laughs> Every think other... about how much possession you have to <laughs> like you have to have possession for like 70% of the game in order to launch 53 crosses. 77% is what Barcelona had. Yeah, see? <laughs> I know soccer. Um the I think the funniest part about it though is that after the game, Ronald Komen was asked, like, why why was that? He was like, You've seen the team sheet. We can't play good soccer. I think he said ticky <laughs> tacky. Um, and that pissed Tiki taka. No, he said ticky tacky. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> which, which I think pissed off the uh, assorted Spanish media. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that's grounds for firing anywhere in Spain. That would be like if you went to Texas, uh, Texas Tech and we were like, oh, um, are we, are we going to play the, uh, the air run? You're like, Dick, it's air raid. <laughs> air raid? Air raid? Air raid. Air raid. Yeah, there you go. Although she's famously Italian, not Spanish. Ah. Um, friend of the podcast, Nico, uh, point, in, informed us of this the other day. Of course. Ariana Grande, Italian. Uh, I think from New Jersey. Anyways, so speaking of Serginho Dest, I wanted to um, 
I wanted to pose a question to the assorted co-hosts. Uh, Kevin's audio and connection is pretty awful. So if he jumps in and out, just bear with us. Um, so I wanted to go around and obviously we, we are a couple of weeks, what, two weeks out from the next uh, World Cup qualifying window. Yep. So, so because we, we don't have midweek games to discuss, um, although I guess we could, um, I wanted to talk about which players who are not brought in to the last camp do you think are, are like necessary, necessary parties? Um, and there are a couple obvious, so like we can, we can do those first, but then I wanted to go like around, like, you know, someone off the radar who maybe, who maybe you think is, is worthy of a call up at this point. Kevin, do we have yours? It's going to be a back and forth. <clears throat> How do I sound right now? Sound great. Perfect. All right. We'll, we'll do my best. I'll stand still. <laughs> I mean, injury exclusions. Is that cheating? Yes. Okay, so, so, so you can't say you can't say Yunus Musa or Musa. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't want to do like the the cliche, like oh, find the attacking midfielder out of Europe who wasn't called in. Um, you can, you can say his name. Yeah. No, I, I mean fine <laughs> if he got called in. Same thing with Julian Green. Um, I think there's a domestic call up or two that that might be fun. Um, but I think more importantly than who is or is not called in, I think that roster composition of having only four midfielders for a three-game window, um, I don't think we all ever do that again. Yeah, that was, a, <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, yeah. and, then, and then using one of those midfielders at right back. Correct. Correct. Okay. Mine is also not really a name more so bring more midfielders and bring more attackers. Um, I'm not sure if Greg is aware of this, but like, he does have to score goals eventually. So it's a good idea when you have a three-game window to have an assortment of players who know how to do such a thing that uh, who can uh, score goals when called upon. I guess I was, maybe I mean, Busio. I mean, I, you know, I was going to say, I'm, yeah, I'd, okay, that's a name. But uh, I was going to say, I know I make the joke a lot, but, like, you can't actually make the whole team out of right backs. You have <laughs> to find somebody that can score at some point. So what I was thinking, and I was, I was, as I was sort of posing this question and, and, and going through it, um, it's funny. I, I was thinking, you know, when, when someone asked me about it on Twitter, I said, like, numbers, like, you need, I, I think that, that 30 is probably the magic number, um, you know, and if that 30 is 25 senior and five domestic kids, fine. You know, if you, if you want to have Cade Cowell in camp, but you don't want to say he's part of camp, he's like a practice squad, fine, whatever. But you need people in there so that if six people get hurt, like last time, um, we're not like, hey, who is literally near the stadium? Oh, it's Jackson Ewell? Cool. He's it. Yeah. Um, Cade Cowell, Caden Clark, uh, yeah, Eric Williamson, dudes like that. Paxton. Pa- Paxton. Williamson is, is pretty famously not available at the moment. Oh, Where that's did? right. I forgot about that. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah. So I think, I think the, the, like the, in terms of composition, I, I think we're all on the same page that you need more than five midfielders. And one of those midfielders is not James Sands because he's not a midfielder. Correct. Um, and I think, I think that like going through this and like who will be available and who could be available. I think Eunice Musa is, is certainly high on the list. Um, mm-hmm. Gianluca Busio, definitely high on the list. I was thinking actually the, the two names that I was thinking, one on the radar, one off the radar. Um, I think Chris Richards is a mandatory call-up. Oh, I forgot that he wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's getting also- 90 now for Hoffenheim. His, his yeah. 
club position. It's his club situation settled. Bring him in, just like Busio. Yeah. yeah, get him on the plane. So I, I, th- I, th- I think Richards is a, is an absolutely mandatory call. And the name that was sort of off the off the radar that I thought was pretty obvious, actually, based on club form, and people get mad because of his association with Jason Crace. But um, Jordy Mihailovic has been playing out of his mind for like two months now. I think eleven um, assists now. Yeah, he. I think I think he's like second in the MLS uh, in goal creation, um, and for a team that let's say generously struggles with goal creation, maybe having dudes who are good at it is a good idea. What do we think? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it, it, and again, it comes down to 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 skill set and and if you're going to make it take issue with his previous form or maybe you don't think he's quite to the level of some of the other more defensive minded european based midfielders we can put out there um everyone doesn't need to be a champions league starter to beat jamaica so, <laughs> so, so I, I mean truthfully on paper obviously yeah, <laughs> obviously careful of <laughs> on paper everything that the united states touches in World Cup qualifying obviously does not go to plan, but I think that you yeah. can slot in someone he'd consider more of a luxury player in the midfield. And and if sixty minutes in, oh, it doesn't look like he's actually figuring it out, or forty five, and I don't care, yank him and bring on whomever else. <laughs> so I, I think that that's the thing with like with a Mihailovic, like, and especially since the the transaction cost of the whole thing is pretty low. So we we talked about this last time about not bringing in players to not play them. I think that that applies to European based players and certainly European based players who are, who are in the, the preseason. But now we're at the point where it's like, you know, bringing in a domestic player who who's on, who's in form and plays a position of need seems like a pretty no brainer decision. Um, and if you talk about like, if, if, if we're talking about like, you know, bring one, drop one, um, you know, I think that it's a pretty easy one to 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 drop a, you know, I don't know. James I'm, Sands. Just say James Sands. Yeah, I don't want to because I love him, but James Sands. Like just I say Gizmo. Gizmo, <laughs> we love you. Um, but if 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 we're talking about a situation where Walker Zimmerman is healthy, um, and Chris Richards is on the plane, he's he's spare parts. You know, I I, I don't I don't know that he he's he's super necessary, especially with Miles Robinson being apparently in in sharpie there um so i think i think that that's that's sort of a a pretty obvious answer um what i do wonder is is i do wonder if the fact that reggie cannon hasn't played in six months is gonna work against him so uh for I those mean, of our, probably yeah for those of our listeners who don't know this uh reggie cannon hasn't played this year because apparently he pissed off his portuguese club by by aggressively lobbying for a transfer and then not getting one because of a, a um, legal snafu where nobody prepared the paperwork. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, he'll be fresh. We have a lot of minutes to play, and last cycle we burned Tyler Adams' legs and came through it right back. So uh, he can still do a job, I think. Yeah, so I think, I think with, with your, your fullbacks, your, you've got three out of four, I think, are probably pretty obvious. Um, I think Dest, Robinson, and um, and and Bello because Vines's broken clavicle means that there are two left backs in the entire freaking pool. Um, so I think that 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 second right back. I mean, I thought DeAndre Yedlin did fine. He, he didn't do 
great. He did fine. But I think that Reggie Cannon would, would be also a, a, a totally acceptable answer there. Um, yeah, Yedlin's got the – basically at this point, I think he's got the uh, Udonis Haslam Memorial. He's been here. He gets to stick around until he wants to leave slot. Yeah. I, and and Yedlin like benefits from the fact that he when he when he has played in spot minutes he's played well. Um, yeah. So like he he has sort of like the the opposite uh, issue of players who like are really great in great form and really talented and then they come to the national team and they don't play um, super great. Uh, I'm not speaking about anybody in specific, Jordan Pipo, but you know just hypothetically. Um, so uh, here's here's another. He question. can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think that, that one day they meet and he just says fight me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jordan P. Folk, you hear that? Add us on Twitter. Um, do do you guys think that Hoppy is going to get going to get brought in given um the 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 nine pool the way that it is and given that he doesn't really play all that often. Not just for yes. the nine pool. I think that Reyna is going to be a question mark. Who knows what his fit will be. And then we have guys coming, returning from injury in that in, on the wing. I think you, you can play him anywhere across the front three. That's reason enough. He's a – this is a – the last, the last window turned into a war of attrition. And at this point, I want as many players as we can bring. And I also put a value on – you're not obviously fitting round pair, round uh, pegs and square holes like Tyler Adams at right back. Like you can feel semi confident starting Hoppy at two two of the outfield positions. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I I don't know that we've ever seen him as a right winger, but but certainly he can play that that left wing, and we've we've seen him play as a center forward. Um, on the right wing, I, I guess we we hope that Wea comes back. I, I'm not counting on Gio Reyna. Um, I think that he he's unlikely to be in form. But yeah, I thought Dortmund said he was out until after this window. Well, they said they said he'll be back after the window, but that was for their purposes. So conceptually, yeah. he could be back for the first game of the window. Um, Got it. Okay. Unlikely. Agree, Dave. So. Yeah, right. Like I, I don't think that will happen. Um, but but it's I, I suppose possible. Um, so but but on the right wing, I think that that what I saw last game was that Brendan Aronson and. <sighs> And in his form, the way that it is, I think Brendan Aronson is probably the the starter at right wing um, in in game one, October third. Um, I mean, if you don't have other options, yes. Well, the, the options would be would be Tim Weah, Conrad De La Fuente, um, I guess, and uh, Matthew Hoppy. Uh, with with Josh, the f- Josh Sargent, I guess. With the whole pool healthy, he's my first choice, right wing. And you, Hoppy is. No, 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 Aronson, because I'm sliding rain essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so if, if you slide, oh, I guess the, the other question is, is do you, uh, we, we haven't even talked about this. Um, I want to go around and do you expect Weston McKinney to be back uh, come, come October 3rd? No. I, I think, I think Greg is not going to bring him back until it's, readily apparent that it's been too long to bring him back and then all of a sudden they're going to try and like scapegoat him I, think- I don't know they'll scapegoat him I think that winning the, I think that the last 45 minutes of the third game of that window going the way that it went gives them a little bit of a luxury to not bring him in to prove a point um, 
And like for like, you're probably thinking, oh, well, Musa can play in McKenney's role effectively. And then you're going to have almost the same starting lineup as you did the last go around. I'd rather have McKenney and Musa on the field together, but I think the answer is probably no. It'll be I, so. The, what I was thinking is that at first I was thinking, you know, no chance. Like they're gonna the, the the suspension, the punishment will be this window, and then they'll be back at the next one, um, which is a two game window in November, I think. Um, but I what what I was thinking is that like there is, and you and you began to saw, see it a bit after the Honduras game, but the 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 media sort of protection of Greg Berhalter it sort of was slipping a little bit. Um, like the, the Matt Doyles and Grant Walls of the world went from everything is fine to maybe not everything is fine. And I wonder if he feels any of that criticism um, and, and maybe is, is, is a little bit concerned about, you know, if we drop unnecessary points in this window, because this is a seven point window. This is two home games, one road game. So that's you win two at home. You, you draw on the road. You're still in OK shape. Um, so if he drops, you know if one of those home games goes draw or, or, or that road game is a loss, then you're, then you're in trouble. I think if you're Greg Verhalter. Um, so I wonder uh, if, he, if he feels any pressure from that. I don't think so. I think so to tie it back to the other, to the pointy ball one, I think that uh, Berholzer sees himself more as a mid-major college football coach than like a Nick Saban or an Urban Meyer or something like that. So he's willing to, he's willing to like torch a game or a window in order to prove a point to mold a man. Whereas if this was like Urban Meyer, like Weston McKinney would have been suspended for a half of a half and already be back. <laughs> he, he, he'd come out at the, uh, the water break in the first half. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, one of one other data point on him is that rumors true or not that they behind the scenes have been working on a pay raise for the guy. I think that was in the works after the summer and before this window. Um, I don't think that he's – I think that he has to be a failure for one additional window beyond um, when the public and media thinks it's time for him to be fired. So you think basically he's going to get a, a vote of – like like if something goes bad this window, he'll get a vote of confidence it, from the Federation. If he took if like, it goes bad the next window. Yeah, I would say if he took like two points from this window, um, right. he's probably fine. For another window, uh, I think I think if we if we take two points from this window, we are in trouble. I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think that I don't think that Berhalter is though. Yeah, that's uh, I was gonna say. There's a difference between the team and like the country being in trouble, and Greg Berhalter ne- might need to find a new job. Kind of trouble. Correct. Yeah, I I mean, so so the 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 question is here, you know, going into this, well, obviously like we're at the uh, predict the squad phase, and we'll we'll do like a full window preview later. Um, but is there any player in this pool who you, who who you absolutely do or do not want to see who among the among the reasonables? Because what I was thinking is that um, you know we've we've gone twenty one minutes into a into a schedule or into a squad preview, and we haven't mentioned Christian Pulisic. Um, you know, do do we think that he's going to be healthy when he's coming back? And is there a scenario in which you don't have Gio Reyna, you don't have Christian Pulisic, you don't have Weston McKinney, that you would feel comfortable going into this window? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, laying it out like that makes you almost think that, oh, maybe you pull McKinney ahead uh, <laughs> a window just because, boy, oh, boy, you're down. 
you know, really going into this, like that, those were kind of your big three, along with Tyler Adams. <laughs> Not kind <Yeah>. of, yeah. <laughs> that's three out of your four. You know, need that's, that's yeah. three out of your four. You need them. So yeah. I think that w- what we're looking at here is that we're looking at a very realistic scenario in which we don't have Christian, we don't have Geo, we don't have Weston. We have Tyler Adams um, playing another two seventy. Uh, and, uh, you know, then you're starting, like, your starting wingers are um, probably Conrad and Aronson, who are a combined age of, like, 15. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, Yunus Musa, who hasn't played a competitive game for the United States. Um, yeah, but we got an ace in a hole. And that's Mr. Pepe. He's about to – he's going to dr- – you know, what, we want seven points out of this window? I mean, my guy's about to drop a seven bomb himself. <laughs> it's not a question of, like, which game. It's not like, oh, does he score more than one goal? It's like, how many multiple multi-goal games does he have? Here's, here's the real question that I want, I want to, to confront for you is, uh, is Ricardo Pepe better than Cristiano Ronaldo at Cristiano Ronaldo's peak? People are asking. You know, it's a question. I mean, it's tough to I, say. They play different positions, but the, <laughs> but the, but the, the argument is valid. Um, <laughs> nice side. Um, so I, I guess the, the the so so of the of the players who 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 we think are 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 likely to be there. Um, do you do you think so? So this is just the last thing I want to mention, just about this. Are, would you bring the same three goalies? Are you, are you still bringing Stefan Horvath, Turner? Yes. So there's there's no there's no desire to see a uh, a Stefan Fry there. He just came back for Seattle. He's been he's played That's like two games for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I had to. I have sort of like hierarchies for most of the positions in my head and honestly after goalkeeper because you can only play one of them at a time unless something really strange happens you're only going to see one a window uh, i don't really even care who our fourth is at this point i think it's sean johnson which is fine but no i, I don't care to see him in camp <laughs> and it's not a it's not a knock on him i don't know it's just you know you can't get excited about that argument okay then when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out? Completely free. Completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. 
well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Are what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Of- How's it going, Coach? It's going all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, I think we're good. Jonathan, you're on with us. Yeah. Hello there. How's uh How's everybody's? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, Monday afternoon. Um, this is a, a normal Monday. <laughs> the city of Columbus isn't being threatened to be burned down yet. Um. No, I think there's going to be a few sacrificial lambs who are also defensive backs coaches. 
and and that should that should appease the masses at least at least temporarily. Didn't he already get so he fired or he reassigned his DC last week and then this week he's reassigning defensive assistant coaches? Uh that that's my understanding. I, I think I think um uh it's really uh capitalizing on on short attention spans and and one of the side effects of of an expanding coaching staff is that fans are still only limiting themselves to really knowing one or two of the coaches' names. <laughs> and so uh, it actually makes for a really effective scapegoating system because you have, let's say, four different defensive backs coaches who you don't even need to get rid of necessarily. You can just kind of move throughout the branch uh, and it at least buys you some deflection time. You could probably tell most college football coaches that you hired the new defensive backs coach and just list the same guy that's been the defensive backs coach for like six years and nobody would know enough to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. He is assistant yeah. to the defensive back coach. <laughs> right. Like you could tell me like, uh, you could tell me that like a Michael McDonald has been the defensive backs coach at Michigan state for eight years. And I would, I have no way to, to refute that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, so the uh, things going well in Columbus, um, Ohio State. Uh, I guess we'll we'll just sort of start with them. Ohio State. Who do, who does OSU have this week? Um, Ohio State is playing host to Akron in a night game. <laughs> okay, that's an excellent kicker. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, so I don't want to talk about that because it's either it's like, I, I don't want to give that, that game too much oxygen because um, if it ends up being funny, I, I, I don't want to jinx it. So uh, 7 30 PM on uh, big 10 network, uh, check it out. Um, so, but let's, let's start with the, uh, the, this, this podcast has a, has a bias and that bias happens to be playing against Nebraska at night at home in a strike the stadium uh, situation. So, uh, so Jonathan, what are you what are you looking at uh, as as someone who has spent time both as a Michigan State fan and I think you went to Lincoln once. I've been to Lincoln twice, actually. Oh, okay. So you're an expert on Nebraska. I'm borderline expert uh, on on the Big Red. One of those was a call. Nebraska comeback victory, I believe. Um, I believe actually that MSU has lost both games I've been to. Oh yeah, no one was one was a comeback victory, but the the most recent one was was um, a late stage D'Antonio um, road loss um, in just some of the most absolute Wait. terrible Midwestern weather one could imagine. I want to was that one of the like seven to three late two thousand like eighteen era games? Um, yep, that's exactly uh, that's exactly what it was. Um, it was nine to six was the total score. Yeah. Um, I believe and, the other and, one was, uh, and the vast majority of those points uh, um, in the fourth quarter. So, so good. So I think the other one was the the game where there was like a BS pass interference call late in the game that allowed Nebraska to go ahead. In the 2015 season, I think wasn't that the the one the that one sounds right they had. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, um, so 
So anyways, but yeah, looking forward to, to MSU playing host to Nebraska this time around. Uh, you know, the Nebraska faithful are always willing to make a road trip for a football game. Um, and if we've learned one thing from the Nebraska COVID experience is that that is a state that wants nothing more than to just watch their football team lose game after game after game, <laughs> no matter who is watching. So I am expecting there to be a pretty big crowd. Um, and I think that the, the main thing that we'll be watching for is whether Michigan State can avoid the letdown. You know, um, uh, hasn't been this much excitement three games into the year, probably since that 2015 state, um, season. So again, are they able to go in with that same amount of, of oomph and enthusiasm that we've seen games? Um, and, and can Spartan Stadium bring the amount of noise that you would expect from a team playing a second conference game and including their, their conference home opener? Uh, as, as well as their, their first game ranked in a while. Uh, Michigan State, the, the AP poll came out, Michigan State ranked number 20, um, which seems about right to me. Uh, the big news out of today was that uh, Nebraska's starting or, or backup running back, the, the, the running back with the most carries amongst running backs anyways, uh, out for the season, Gabe Irvin Jr. Um, he's not been great, 3.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Mm. Um, the main running back for Nebraska is Adrian Martinez. Who's yep. The quarterback. Yep. Um, and, Never uh, graduate. Uh, he's, he's been there for 18 years. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he can't, he's, he's not very prolific throwing the ball. He likes taking sacks and outside of one seventy-five yard scamper, uh, he's averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Nice. Fun fact. Adrian Martinez actually has six different master's degrees. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't know what to do with any of them either. I mean, why? I mean, yeah, it's because he's a grad student. <laughs> yeah, what's he supposed to do? Get a job in his field of study? No, no, no. He has, uh, as as many many grad students know, uh, you end up just sort of finding a job and ruining the day you decided to get a master's in education for some reason. I'm not talking about anybody specifically here. Nope, uh, that's just a general piece of advice. That's just something that happens. So. Um, I think, like, actually, in, in terms of actual analysis here, um, Nebraska's defense is actually pretty good. Like, we, we, we joke about them sucking, but they did just give Oklahoma all they wanted um, for four quarters. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't for their special teams uh, play, they probably they might have been able to pull that off. I, yeah. think, so I think the funniest outcome for Scott Frost is kind of what happened to Don Brown. I want Scott Frost like this Nebraska team to be a uh what do you call it uh sabermetrics darling I want them to be like S&P plus saying like no these guys should be 11 and 1 and all of their advanced metrics saying like oh my god this team is unbelievable like how are they not winning but then lose every game by by like one score I appreciate that Greg I however think that the the funniest possible outcome is this game going so poorly that they fire Scott Frost. That would be funnier to me. Um, uh, I, th- I think you can all, you can tell down in Coral Gables uh, that that loss to MSU broke uh, a lot of camels' backs, and people are upset. Uh, I won't lie; I think that it, uh, a deciding loss to MSU might 
might have some of the Nebraska fans feeling similarly. And I wonder if MSU isn't that kind of a darling this season, you know, the the one that puts your least favorite coach out of his misery game after game after game. I don't know. I think it's funnier if they, if like the Nebraska, number one, it's funnier when Nebraska uh, faithful have to do statistics because I'm not sure they're, you know, any good at that, but I think it'd be really funny watching like half that fan base try and argue that like, no, no, like he's really good. He just needs one more year. So they give him one more year and then he like dead cat, dead cat bounces. I still think that's funnier. I I think that that Scott Frost, um, it, the thing is, is that is that he has created a situation for himself by constantly saying that he wants to play football, and constantly being bad at playing football, um, where he he he's put himself in a bind because he can't he can't do what other coaches do, which is where you say, you know, we we didn't even want to play last year. Um, and so we're, we're really, we're really in year two of the Scott Frost era because he was like, no, we must play. We must play. Well, you did. You sucked. Um, he's also in, in, in year, is, is Scott Frost in year three? Four. Four? Yeah. This is fourth year there. Yeah. He's in year four and he's, he's got a quarterback who's, who's, who's played, who's started for him. This is year four starting actually for Adrian Martinez. And he has not gotten better. So what, what, what is the thought here? If you're, if you're Scott Frost, like you can't be like, well, once I get a quarterback who knows my system. Um, although I guess Adrian Martinez went for like 76% completion against Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's defense is, you know, are, are, do we, do we know for certain that it's not actually Scott Frost running Adrian Martinez's system and, and it's That's not actually point. Frost's system at this point. He just kind of inherited what the quarterback was working with. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, Adrian Peterson or Adrian Martinez, um, when he came in as a as a true freshman and he like started that that year, like the thing was like, oh man, like he's he's a better he's a good runner, but he's a better thrower than Taylor Martinez, who had been the quarterback prior. But he's not really. <laughs> Uh, he, he really loves throwing interceptions and getting sacked. Like, that's, like, his favorite thing to do. You know, um, and funny thing, uh, those aren't really, you know, hobbies that quarterbacks should enjoy. <laughs> well, you don't know. I mean, maybe he just, like, really likes he, – maybe he really likes it when the, the ball doesn't hit the ground. You know, so he's like, well, I, I don't the, know, I can't – The field is lava? Yeah, like, there's nobody on my team who can catch the ball, so maybe somebody on the other team can. Or maybe he's just, like, really good at sharing. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe well, that's it. Yeah, he paid attention in kindergarten, Miss Lewis right, class. Like, <laughs> um, but so, so uh, Nebraska's offense is pretty bad, but their defense actually has been pretty competent. Um, oh wait, actually, before I talk about their defense, uh, Alante Brown does play for Nebraska. For those of you who remembered late stage D'Antonio recruiting, mm-hmm. um, he's around. He's not very good, so you know. Well, you uh, said he plays for Nebraska, so you already said that part. Right, but I repeat myself. Um, so I, I think going into this game, going into the season, we said Michigan State was probably going to win this game. Michigan State has looked a lot better than we thought. Nebraska has looked exactly how we thought. So I think I think everybody here is expecting a a, a pretty not comfortable, but a but a, a confident win. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, it's never going to be comfortable, um, but I I am definitely feeling. Uh, more confident about a win than I would have been last week or, or really at any stage over the last month. 
I was going to say, even when MSU was pulling away in Coral Gables, did you really feel comfortable with it? Or were you just more like... Not until it was a three-score lead. Yeah. I, 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 I felt confident when, when uh, Ronald Williams got that pick. Because I was like, oh, they're quitting. Cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah. did, I didn't realize that Miami was quitting yet. Thanks. Um, but so they, I actually think... They like, not favored as you would think, probably think they would be in this game either. What's, what's the line? Anywhere from three to five. Really? For a home uh, game against Nebraska. Which hmm. means that at least one person, Vegas Insider, thinks that this is a pick em. Uh Okay. Well, uh, I don't. I think that there's probably – I mean, r- right now, if you're talking about Michigan State minus five, that feels like a real good pick. Um, just, because, just because of the number. So – uh, the over under being 51 and a half seems high to me. And I know how low that number is. Um, so I, I actually think the key to this game is, uh, Quiver's crouch being really good at dealing with fast quarterbacks. Um, we saw that last week when Dr. King broke the pocket and Quiver's crouch was like, Nope, Nope. You're not getting to the edge. Um, the only thing that they did well against Derek King. Uh, I mean, they picked him off twice and they forced two fumbles. I yeah, think they, fine. <laughs> yeah. Was... We're either from in the pocket. I mean, he, he the first the first half or the, maybe the first three quarters, he he was really really accurate, and then he got um, slammed into the ground because he was running too much, and then he got into trouble. I was just, that might that okay that drive <laughs> I was remembering because at least in the first half and into the third quarter, he was picking apart the secondary like. With no problem. But that's because uh, Miami kept running hitches and Michigan State didn't seem to know what to do with it. I, I think that that was actually schematic. I think the theory was like, do you remember back in the um, the Denard Robinson era of Michigan when Michigan State was just like, you're not going to put together 10 co- uh, coherent mm-hmm. plays in a row? Um, I, I think that that was part of the defense plans. Like, hey, if you want to throw those hitches over and over and over again, we don't think you'll hit them at, you'll be confident enough to keep doing it over and over and over. And ultimately that was borne out. Um, but the, the sort of the, so, so to, to, to sort of zoom out big games of the weekend, um, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at, in, in Chicago feels like one of those games that everybody's like, Oh, this is going to be a great game. Let's watch this game at noon. And it's going to be just horrendously boring. Um, I, I don't know if either of you were planning on watching that game. Uh, it, it is not is not on my DVR. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that one. Um, but in the noon slate, I actually I actually think that the funniest potential game in the noon slate is um, you've got uh, Northwestern receiving a trip from Ohio, not Ohio State, Ohio, and I think that could be a good game. I think that could confuse a lot of people as well. <laughs> Um, tickets as low as $2. So if any of our friends in Chicago want a noon or 11 a.m. activity, uh, check that out. Should be done. Bored as shit. <laughs> you got nothing else to do. Um, we've also got, uh, uh, a 11.30 a.m. local kickoff at U- Washington State at Utah, um, which feels like the Nick Rolovich gets fired game. I, you guys keep saying this. I don't understand how you think he's getting fired. I, I, I mean, I don't understand how he hasn't been fired yet. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he hasn't been fired yet, 
they're not going to fire him for this shit. Unless he, like, goes out onto the TV and says, it, like, starts spewing a bunch of, spewing a bunch of anti-vax stuff. Like, they haven't fired him yet. He's not getting fired. He's already done that. Uh, it's it's, so it's he, not going he well. He a bunch of stuff about, like, how it's, like, his choice and everything. When I say anti-vax shit, I mean, like, they're imprinting microchips in you. Bill Gates is trying to expo- uh, control all of us. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, I guess that's possible. Um, the only, oh, here's an interesting thing. There's only one ranked game today, or this weekend, and it is a game that you will be sort of shocked to hear. It is Texas A&M versus Arkansas in Jerry World. Sure, yeah, why not? I, I, I can't imagine anybody wants to watch that game. Uh, I mean, disagree. <laughs> a lot of people in Texas. Yeah. Uh, um, I just like because of it, from my point of view, if you're a Texas A&M fan, you got to be like, oh, we're not a top ten team. We're bad. We're real bad, given the Colorado debacle. Um, uh, I don't think that's how Tamu fans' brains work. No, no. I think they think they're a top five team, and now they mistakenly believe Colorado is a top ten team. Colorado just uh, got a, a grand total of sixty three yards against Minnesota. I'm aware. I fans of property then Minnesota is also a top five team you know what that checks out that checks out um but the uh <laughs> the other big games um that you'll see this weekend are uh I guess I guess the uh the Tennessee Florida game I guess maybe no I don't know by name uh Notre Dame Wisconsin is not a ranked game no, it is. I, I, I meant to say the other, because we already talked about that game. Um, I, yeah, I mean, this is just sort of a weak slate of games. Um, I guess West Virginia at Oklahoma could be fun. Maybe. But um, really the game that I'm most looking forward to is actually uh, Arizona travels to Oregon at 1030 on ESPN. Um, and if you want to see a dead body, that'll be the game to watch. Because this version of Oregon just runs the ball, and Arizona is bad. So, you know, get excited. Is Arizona bad, or is Northern Arizona good? You know, these are the questions. These are the questions. Um, we should also point out that uh, Brady Hoke is undefeated. San Diego uh, State, 3-0. and Including yeah. a, a win over Utah and a blowout of Arizona. Um. This weekend, they get Towson. So I think that we are, I don't know. I, I, I think that, that on Devil's Night, Brady Hoke might be undefeated going re- receiving a visit from Fresno State, um, which is the funniest possible outcome of this season, is Brady Hoke going undefeated. Yes. Can we have that? We deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only way it would be funnier is if somehow, like, Michigan stumbles to 9-3 and three, and then they end up having to play San Diego State in the bowl game. I would I would travel to that because that would be like the holiday bowl, so it'll be around here. Yeah, um, I go to I go to San Diego for that game. Yeah, because like you can tell, like and like I I don't get the sense that Brady Hoke is the type of coach who would be like, guys, you got to win this one for me. It's super important because a he sounds like Kermit the Frog, and b I think that he still probably loves Michigan. Um, and and it's not like Jim Harbaugh's gonna be like, all right, guys, you got to really get up for this game against um, San Diego State. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know what the hard like. 
Presumably, Utah was the hardest game they're going to play this year. They uh, have at Air Force, they get Fresno State at home. They have to play at Hawaii, and they get Boise State at home. So maybe at Hawaii is the hardest game remaining. I mean that that's like a, a travel schedule game. Like after <laughs> after the Fresno State game, yeah, I don't know. Fresno State would be like the more difficult opponent, but like the harder game might be at Hawaii. Yeah, um, I mean, I I think I think Boise State at home is gonna be is going to be a difficult one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think San Diego State like. I think you need to start to prepare yourself to talk to your kids about an undefeated Brady Hoke. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So it's definitely going to be San Diego or it's definitely going to be at Hawaii because they're playing that game at noon. Which, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Has to be a uh, like a 7 a.m. kick for San Diego State. That's not great. Just stay up. Just don't even go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the college kids, that might actually be, that might actually be their answer. Like, it, that's what I would probably do um oh and i guess uh we should probably mention that michigan plays Rutgers, but who cares that that game's gonna be super boring because michigan appears to be um back to like the early harbaugh era uh ability to blow out bad teams and um you cannot convince me that Rutgers is good so yeah but you also uh, that might still be interesting just because uh harbaugh seems to have completely given up on passing like that's true as a concept so watching him try and like watching him try and run fifty times against a Greg Schiano team has the potential to be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's it's an interesting it'll be an interesting uh, battle of styles until it's not because again I don't think Schiano is a, is good but they've won um they've won four of their last five and five of their last seven going back to last year. Um, I, I think that we, we, we might have a situation where uh, Rutgers might not be bad. I don't know. I don't make that I, I, statement. Yeah. Mid-level Big Ten team. Which, for Rutgers, is oh like oh the second best they've ever been. Yeah. Um, Rutgers' next three games at Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. Well, Greg Schiano, 3-0 is fun. Enjoy 3-3. Three and three. Special thank you to our guests, the indomitable Kevin Kwiatkowski, who you can find on the internet nowhere because he doesn't believe in it. Uh, special thank you as well to our football guest, Jonathan Dwarren, who you can find at gentrification. Uh, it's a pun on his name and gentrification uh, for mostly uh, public policy things, but occasionally Michigan State things. Uh, as always, you can find uh, co-host Greg at Mr. Mojo Rising eighty nine, and you can find all of us, but me specifically, Asa, at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, where we're talking about everything, nothing. Uh, I think the most recent tweet that I sent out prior to posting this episode was about Vanderbilt football. So you know it's going well. Uh, special thank you to our sponsors, uh, the Anchor app, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group, who you can find at smithworkforce.com. And special thank you to you, the listener. Um, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you, so please like, subscribe, share, um, give us five stars, all that fun stuff. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.